about what this is all about. As we've already heard, Olivia and Abby and Mel, they've, they've all decided to live for Jesus. They've told their stories about how and why. But you may still be thinking, who is this Jesus in the very first place? Who, who is he? I've heard some stories. Is he a fairy story? Is it a fairy tale? Who is he? And why are they getting wet this afternoon? What's the baptism bit all about? Seriously. I will explain baptism in a few minutes. I will explain that. First of all, I just need to help explain this whole living for Jesus thing is all about what it really means to be free. We heard, I think it was Abby earlier, used the phrase about being set free in Jesus. What does that even mean? Sometimes even we as Christians can use language that even we think we know what it means. We don't always. But actually, other people, you, you may be thinking, this is all a little bit weird. This is all not up my street at all. Who likes the idea of true freedom? Yeah? Yeah, June certainly does. Yeah, we love the idea of true freedom. We have nightclubs named after it. Freedom! George Michael sang about it. Anybody seen Braveheart, the Mel Gibson film? Or is, is, is rallying war cry against those evil English tyrants? Freedom! That was the big cry, wasn't it? We love the idea of freedom. I will be slave to no man. We like that idea, don't we? I will be slave to no man. That's understandably very popular. But mankind has been seeking freedom, whether that's political freedom, religious freedom, moral freedom. Mankind has been seeking that ever since our first dawn as humanity, really. But to be honest, it's tended, us, tended to get us into even more of a mess just somewhere else. <laughs> Just elsewhere. If we look back through history, if we look around us now, it turns out that doing as you please gets us all into a lot more trouble. True freedom, as it turns out, is actually found within safe borders. If you imagine a fish that a little boy has scooped out of the river and he's put it on the grass. I freed the fish. The fish is now free to explore the rest of the world. Now, as we know... I get what that little boy's thinking, but as we know, a fish absorbs oxygen from water, not from air, and so a fish is only truly free if it's restricted to water. The same goes for us. Real freedom is not life without limits, not being slave to no man, etc. It's actually about finding the right limits and the right safe borders. It gives us true freedom. It turns out that true freedom is not doing as you please. True freedom is having the power and the choice to do what is pleasing and what is right. And that's actually very, very different. And that's what this is all about today. See, Jesus, who I'll talk about a little bit more in a moment, he says this in John chapter 8. You may have heard of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the first four books in the New Testament. They are biographies of Jesus written by his friends and written on, based on accounts of eyewitnesses as well from 2,000 years ago. And it's Jesus' best friend, John, he wrote a biography of Jesus and he recorded Jesus' words. And he says in John chapter 8, verse 32, This is Jesus' words. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, my followers. If you hold to my teaching, you're really my followers. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus is saying that within the safe borders of following Jesus and Jesus' teaching and living for him, that is actually where we find true freedom. And to back that up, Jesus' name really comes into its own. Because Jesus' name means, literally, it means saviour, means rescuer. Even more literally, it means the Lord saves us. The Lord saves. But actually, it has a deeper meaning that in the origi- than that. In the original language, we use the word Jesus. It's just a form of Yeshua or Isa. 
Just in the original language, that, that name was understood to have a deeper meaning that is this. Jesus means he leads us to a wide open space. Jesus leads us to a wide open space. That's what his name means. Jesus makes it possible to walk into a place where we can choose to do what is pleasing to God that we were unable to do beforehand. Real freedom is living for Jesus. But why? What's so special about him? What makes him different to anybody else? Well, the Bible tells us that Jesus is God. That he is God who came to us in human form. That's why we're celebrating Christmas. He was a man of history. You may have heard Jesus is a myth. Jesus is a fairy tale. He is a man of history. He's rooted deep in the history books. There is more evidence for him than Julius Caesar. Plenty of, it, plenty of that evidence was written by people who were his enemies, who were clearly not his fans, not just written by people who loved him or loved the idea of him. It was written about people who did not like anything he said or anything he did. That's written down by many people. And this man of history, Jesus of Nazareth, he claimed to be son of God, and he did many miracles. Again, many of those were written about by his enemies too. It really happened. And he also fulfilled 300 prophecies, foretelling truths that were written hundreds of years earlier about what a certain man would do. God made man would come and do these things. Jesus himself fulfilled 300 of those hundreds of years later. 29 of those he fulfilled in one day. And this man who's rooted deep in history, who claimed to be the son of God, who did miracles, he was killed. Why? Well, on one hand, it's because humanity at large at the time, they hated what he claimed to be, and they hated what he pointed out in their own hearts. On one hand, that's why he was killed. On the other, much bigger hand, the Bible says that he died in order to deal with that very same darkness that is in all of our hearts, and that's called sin. And sin is less about doing bad things, doing naughty things, being not nice, being not good, Sin is less about breaking the laws of the land and actually much more about breaking God's heart. That's what sin is all about. It's about sin is about seeking fulfillment and identity in something other than our maker. That's simply what it means. Whenever we try and find ultimate contentment, we pursue identity in something else other than him. That's what sin is. It's out of that we then do the things that we shouldn't do. It's about the heart at the time, at the, at the core of it all. And it grieves God. Because he's perfect and good and he sees something that isn't. And he sees it and he grieves. But because he's perfect, he can't turn a blind eye to it. So he has to do something about it. But Jesus came. That's why he came in human form. He came and he stood in our place. He hung on that cross and he took the full brunt of justice that we're all due, that we all deserve. That's why he came and that's why he died to deal with the darkness in our hearts. But the good news is, the even better news is, that he didn't stay dead. He rose again, which again, we celebrate Christmas, we also celebrate Easter as well. On Easter Sunday, we celebrate the fact that Jesus rose again. There is plenty of historical evidence for an empty tomb in Jerusalem that weekend. Jesus rose again. In the book of Romans, chapter 4, it explains that Jesus died to deal with our rebellion, to deal with our sin. He died to deal with that. But it also says that he rose back to life to give us his new life, his relationship with his father. We get the same relationship when we place our trust in him. We rely on him. He died to deal with our rebellion and he rose again to give us his perfect relationship with his father. That's who this Jesus is. And if you've never, if you've never seen the sun, you'll always be in awe of streetlights, won't you? 
that make sense? If you've never known God, you'll always be captivated by lesser things. And there's plenty of those in this world. And without knowing Jesus, you can't know God. Without knowing Jesus, you can't know what it is to please God. You can't be able to put him first. You can't experience that wide open space that he promises. You can't experience that for yourself. And these three people today, they are through baptism. They're showing the world. They're living for him and learning more and more what it looks like. They have and they are following Jesus into the wide open space of living for him. They found the narrow way that brings true freedom. That's why they're getting baptized. But why baptism? What's this water bit all about? Well, we're going to say a few things this afternoon in the pool at four o'clock. We'll gather around the uh, shallow end. We'll say a few things and we'll plunge each of these young people into the water and we'll hopefully bring them up again. Um, I'm sure it'll be all right. But you might be thinking, but why, why are you doing this? It's a bit strange. might even be a bit worrying. What if they can't swim? What will the lifeguards think? There's a, there's a slide there, isn't there? I'm tempted to do it at the top of the slide. In the, in the name of the Father and the Son, whoosh. Oh, no, do you reckon it'll work? No, I won't. I promise we won't. It'll be all right. But what, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this in the water? Why do we plunge them in the water and bring them back up again? Is it a ritual? Well, yeah, it is in some ways, but it's much, much more than that. Is it magical? No, but it is a spiritual moment. It is representing... The end of their old life as they go under it is representing the death to the old life and as they come back up again is representing their new life in Jesus. Once seeking to please themselves, find fulfilment in other things, now it's living in the wide open space of living for Jesus. And as we've heard earlier, it is obedience as well. Mel said it's because the Bible tells us to. Some of Jesus' parting words to his people was go into the world, make more followers and baptise them. Because you see, baptism, it doesn't make you a Christian. But it does tell the world you are one. And that's why Jesus wants us to do that. That we are someone who recognizes Jesus for who he is, God himself. And we are getting to start enjoying what it means to be fully human for the first time. We are finally in this wide open space of getting to live for the one who knows best. It's about being saved from eternal separation from God. That's what hell, hell means. It's the consequence of living for ourselves separation from God, all that is good because we're living for ourselves and not for him. But actually it's about being rescued, therefore, into complete and utter freedom forever with Jesus living under his lordship, doing what's pleasing to him. Actually, that's true freedom and that's new life in Jesus. So baptism is an obedient, outward demonstration of what's already happened on the inside. And together, these three people, they get to shout out loud, I belong to Jesus and I can't wait to baptise you guys later on. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be brilliant. Let me just ask two questions before we sing a song to end. If you're a Christian, let me just ask you this question. Are you still actively pursuing what it means to enjoy the wide open space of living for Jesus? We can go off the boil too easily, can't we? Are you still actively pursuing what it means to enjoy the wide open space of living for Jesus? And perhaps, if you're, not, if you're not a Christian and you're still trying to get your head around this, maybe you don't even believe in God, I'll just ask, just ask yourself, please, what has resonated with you this morning? Is something clicked? Is something, oh, I wonder, I'm not quite sure, but there's something there. Or please, even just think to yourself, what if this was true? Just what if? There's no harm in thinking of what if, is there? There's a lot of people here who've got many stories to tell of how God has worked in their lives.
Pick their brains. Ask them. Let them, let them tell you their stories. Just think to yourself, what if this was true? I'm going to pray, and we're going to sing a song. Stephen and Adam, if you want to come back up, thank you. We're just going to sing a version of Amazing Grace in a moment. But let me just pray. Jesus, we thank you so much that not only are you amazing and stunning and beautiful and you're this great creator God, but that you actually were willing to step down into human form to come and take our place and to bear the brunt of justice that we deserve for our turning away from God in the first place. Lord, we thank you so much that you came to rescue us. We thank you that not only did you die for our rebellion, that you rose again to give us your relationship with Father that is perfect and unhindered and is a wide open space of life to the full. We thank you so much. As we sing this song, may we truly celebrate how wonderful and glorious you are and this afternoon may we continue to do that as well. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. <laughs>